Noel comes running out of the set completely naked with blood pouring down his body from these two puncture wounds from a bite, screaming at this lion which is running in front of him just as a, this group of like 10 Japanese businessmen are walking up and here's their producer, director, star, completely naked, blood all over his body. He's crazy. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Queer Horror Cult here. Fucking knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knew it. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome back. Queer Horror Cult. Oh, man, we've got some insanity this week, don't we? Yeah. This was, um, I feel like it matches the both the cultural moment we're in and just the <laughs> mood of going a little stir-crazy, because mm. aren't we all in cages? Really, if you think about it. Okay, if that little intro didn't... Spill the beans, Tommy, <laughs> on what we're doing. I will say that this is actually an episode I've been wanting to do for like at least six months. Mm-hmm. It's just that it kind of changed last minute given recent <laughs> events. Uh, but I originally wanted to do an episode on movies featuring big cats. And I had two movies off the bat that I definitely wanted to watch. So we watched those. And then I found another one that unfortunately, because of shipping delays with uh, COVID and everything, never arrived. So we needed a a switch hitter, so to speak. And I dare say we fucking Netflix found one. Netflix delivered. Netflix delivered. Uh, in such a conflicting way. But mm. we will get to that when we get to that. We're going to yes, start with the original movies we wanted to do. But uh, before we get into that, I guess one of the comforts for me in being trapped inside all day and trying to just, you know, keep my head on straight and all that is we have three cats. Yeah. And they are very nice. We're, we're very much cat people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're putting out the fires with gasoline and all that, and you know. Well, I'm highly disturbed. I just found out yesterday, seeing that headline going around about how a tiger at the Bronx Zoo has tested positive for the Rona. Yeah. I, so, you know, when I found out that, you know, novel coronavirus, I'm just funny because the novel part means that it like was, tra- it's from animals. So it's like, so funny, I didn't know that that's what that meant. I, cause novel just means new. So I, exactly. just, I just assumed it meant like this was a new variation of the Totally. Strain. Yeah. No, I found that out and I was like, Oh, I thought it was just novel. Cause it was like, Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's new. It's, it's, we got a new strain going. It's, it's, it's so novel. The novelty hasn't worn off yet. Yeah. Cause human coronavirus isn't a new thing. It's just yeah. this version of it this that's really devastating strain, yeah. is, is. But anyway, yeah, like, uh, you know, finding out the coronavirus is a thing that I could get. I was very sort of like acceptance from the beginning, like, well, if I get it, I get it. I'm going to do the best I can, but whatever. But finding out that my cats could get it from me yeah, was devastating. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too at first, but seeing how the whole, like, oh, young people will be fine and all that stuff was misinformation. I mean, don't get me wrong. Even from the beginning, I figured, okay, this is my excuse to not be in contact with people because 
I, I don't want to give it to someone who could give it Exa- to an old yeah. person. Yeah, I was always more concerned about being a like disease a vector, vector yeah, yeah. as opposed to like actually suffering. But the personal stakes are there now as we see younger and younger people are dying from it. True. Kind of thing. Um, but that was something I said from the beginning too, is it's like, oh, well, at least I can't give it to the cats. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now yeah. it's like, well... Well, fuck. Fuck, because yeah. that would suck. But yeah. anyway, they've been a, a great comfort in this these trying times. Yes. Yeah, they're they're always around and they're always being cuddle buddies, especially when we watch movies. And uh, so they got to see their, their sort of like the bigger, meaner versions of themselves and maybe live vicariously by, by being like, okay, cool. If I was like eight feet long and all that stuff, I could totally kill these people that just always pick me up and make dumb noises at me all fucking <laughs> day. Really annoying nicknames. Yeah. Sing so, songs about me, at me. So I figured maybe this was a little bit of wish fulfillment for them. <laughs> but we watched some... The other thing about the two movies we watched, I guess, is they were... I think the big cat thing came out of the similarities between them, because they were originally planned as a how the fuck did this get made mm-hmm. episode. Okay. We started up with uh, this Italian movie. Oh, always the Italian movies. Mm-hmm. From 1984, so a little bit past the golden, sort of in the tail end of the golden period kind of thing, when it was beginning to come to that decline, but still very much alive at the time. We watched Wild Beasts, and this movie was nuts. <laughs> this movie was something else. It's, um, for a plot, what we have here is there's this zoo in a northern European city, as the title card first says. I love it. It says, a northern European city, and then it cuts to the sign out front of the zoo, and it just says, Frankfurt Zoo. Yeah. And there's, like, a tree branch in the way of Frankfurt, mostly obscuring it. You can still (laughs) totally read it, and it's just, like... Until the later shots where they, like, very intentionally obscure it. Yeah. But... But then they still say all these German street names, and, like, like, uh, whatever Strasse and stuff like that. Well, maybe it's in Austria. That's true. That's true. It's fucking Frankfurt. Yeah, this was shot in Frankfurt, I believe, and uh, we have this zoo full of, like, big cats, elephants, polar bears, all kinds of, like, you know, typical zoo animals, um, and the film follows uh, a few characters. It's a bit more ensemble There's definitely a main character, but mm-hmm. the movie kind of, like, is, since everyone's sort of spread out around the city with their own struggles, it kind of, like, shows these little pockets of people doing things, mm-hmm. but there's this... You see, like, a researcher, veterinary doctor, some kind of, like, animal zoologist guy mm-hmm. who works at the zoo. Yeah, animal zoologist guy. Very yeah. eloquent. There's a title. Um, he works at the zoo, and he mo- mainly seems to deal with the big cats. At least that's what we see. And he notices that they're acting very strangely, but he's not too worried at first. And this is also a zoo where everything's on electronic lockdown. I've seen a few movies now where there's the electronic lockdown, cough, cough, Jurassic Park, much later. (laughs) Um, The earlier slasher movie, Alone in the Dark, which I referenced last week. And with this one, the elephants start losing their shit in the night when there's no one at the zoo except for the uh, main personnel that, that work the security overnight. And... The elephants smash their way through a brick wall just because they're fucking (laughs) elephants. They're gigantic and Mm -hmm. they do it. And this brings down the electric grid because they smash into the power stuff and all the cages unlock. And all of the zoo animals are let loose. And then what we have is a movie where dangerous zoo animals are taking over the city. But they're all aggressive and violent. They're not just, you know... Like, I mean, when I say dangerous new animals, yeah, tiger is ostensibly dangerous. And we yeah. see some great scenes with a tiger attacking people on the metro. 
but everything is doing it. Like even the rats from the sewers are yeah, they're they're not just people. like curious and like yeah, the elephants are after yeah. people, and we get this fantastic movie of different scenes of animal carnage. Mm-hmm. And what makes this movie so great is they just let these animals loose and <laughs> film it because. Uh, now, I don't agree with and I have problems with it, but uh, these are all animals from a circus of the time, like mm. a big animal circus. Like a, I think that there's a lot to unpack there, and I yeah. think there's a lot of animal abuse in that. But the one thing that warmed my heart about that is Italian movies are often bad for animal violence right. of the time, and this is no exception. There are some egregious scenes in there, but as far as like the uh, big cats and the exotic animals go... You, you know that they weren't going to, like, yeah, let's just shoot a tiger for yeah. real or anything like that right. because these are people's investment. It's very cynical, but at least mm-hmm. you know that there's that safeguard that level there. Of pr- level of protection. Yeah, so it's not like watching a cannibal movie where you see some exotic animal and then the next thing you know they off it for right. the camera. But the uh, the big flip in this movie, it's funny, I say it's a big flip, I purposely didn't tell you about it, uh, but it's, in, it's on the backs of the video cases, it's in mm. the IMDb description, so it's it's treated a little more surprising in the movie, like a little bit of a mystery, even though all of the marketing around this (laughs) flick doesn't treat it as such. It's just the main draw, and it's why I watch this. The sewers got dosed with PCP, or the waterworks got dosed with PCP, so all these animals are on angel dust, and they're running around mauling the shit out of people. Yeah. And we get some of the best set pieces I've ever seen in a movie here. Like, there's the scene where the elephants attack the couple in the car and you see this elephant trunk just come in the window and wrap around the guy's neck and choke him to death to leave blood's <laughs> coming out of his face yeah and uh, the woman cr- tries to call the safety and gets her head stepped on until it gooshes yes and uh, during that scene when the elephants are going we see all these shots of cars swerving to to get out of the way because they're just running down the road and then there's so many shots of the cars like ramping off of things inexplicably <laughs> into like one goes into a chandelier store like all the lights are up there's all this crystal everywhere and it just smashes through everything so and these are like big shop fronts so it's like this mm-hmm. movie must have had a budget for right? something that felt like a low budget Holy exploitation shit. flick that or it would they were they just had a bunch of like insurance schemes going that's very possible. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a very, very possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the chandelier guy's like, oh, I'm not selling any chandeliers. I need to I need to figure something out. And sees a film crew. It's like, oh, hey. it would be too bad if you drove your car if into you, my store. If you hit and run my chandelier store with the cameras on, but I I won't I I'll I I won't say anything. I won't. I and won't you don't say, say anything and I'll just I'll just look the other way until I hear the smashy smash, look back, oh no. It's very possible. <laughs> the big set piece for me in this movie is the scene with the cheetah. Yes. There's this amazing, amazing scene where uh, this young woman is driving around in a convertible Volkswagen Beetle with like spray paint punk stuff all over the side <laughs> of the car. And a cheetah walking down the street spies her and starts going after her and so you know it's like have someone speeding as fast as they can down the middle of this uh mostly deserted street because okay we have to get into the time setting of this movie because it's so inexplicable because it's set completely at night but there's all these things going on that it's like yeah how late is this movie so it feels like it's 1 a.m at this point because the streets are empty but we know that's not the case because the kids dance class exactly is going on. Yeah. yeah that's right yeah um, but they're driving, she's driving down this empty street, mostly empty street. There are cars that she's like dodging and like the motorcyclist 
drives out of the way and hits a parked car and goes flying through right. the windshield, which is great. <laughs> and she's being chased by, like, the world's fastest land mammal kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's just this great scene because the cop and the zoologists are chasing after the cheetah and they're trying to trank it and it's going too fast. So they're trying to shoot it, but they don't want to shoot the woman. Mm-hmm. And then this big spectacular car crash happens. Yeah. And it's just, it's like the money shot of the movie. Totally. And it's this drawn out scene. Yeah. But that's what I love about this movie is it's set piece after set piece of all these people in peril with these big cats. Like I love animal attack movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this uh, great book, I believe it's just called Day of the Animals, um, cribbing from the title of one of the early infamous attack movies. Yes. Uh, but it's uh, it's such a joy to see like big cats mauling people. Mm-hmm. It, it really makes my heart go a flutter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one thing that's interesting about the um, that cheetah scene is that usually if you think of like a really kind of high stakes scene where dread is building and stuff. It's very kind of like slow and deliberate, but this is a very fast scene. But the suspense is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Which you don't usually see. So that's a, hadn't thought about that until now. He's like, yeah, it's an interesting use of that. Yeah. It's like action suspense, but at the same time, it still has that horror dread going Mm -hmm. to it. It's, it's really interesting Mm -hmm. kind of a mix of elements at play. And it just makes for a riveting watch. Yeah. I have a feeling that I probably love this movie and I'm talking about way more than perhaps you did because you kept saying, what the fuck is this movie at several <laughs> points, especially towards the end. With um, the kids. With the kids, especially. Uh, yeah. But this is like my go-to sort of like party movie. And oh, yeah, it's fun. And if it wasn't for the animal cruelty in it, because there is some, uh, this I would recommend this to everyone right. ever. But being that this is an Italian movie of the time... The very opening shot is a severed horse head being butchered to feed to the to the big cats. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's gross as hell. It's still twitching and all that stuff. It's really uncomfortable watching. And the movie's just kind of got a lot of that sort of stuff in that. Yeah. But then on top of that, there's a scene where the animals just break into a slaughterhouse. Yeah. And it's pretty much a needless scene because the movie just diverts. I guess it does work into the plot in that all the, uh, the bulls like, escape and start rampaging right. down the streets. But they didn't have to have the prolonged scenes of the animals actually attacking. Yeah. Like, I get it, they're slaughter animals, they're gonna die anyway, but there's just, like, but this still. suffering for entertainment that I found very unappealing. Yeah, because hypothetically, at least, when the, you know, they... And, I mean, this is debatable based on, like, mass production assembly line of it all, but when an animal's being slaughtered, hypothetically, it's been stunned first and stuff, and it's supposed to be very quick. And I think like, that's the sell, but the reality is often not that. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm, I know it varies from place to place, like yeah. somewhere, and very, like different methods, like if it's like halal versus just like your standard yeah. like abattoir. And I realize that this is also a bit of hypocrisy on my part, because I'm basically saying out of sight, out of mind, Yeah. when I don't think that that's a good no. way to go at all. Um, but it is one of those things where it... it in the context of the movie, it just feels kind of needless. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few scenes like that. Like, when the rats are attacking people, they use flamethrowers to kill the rats. Yeah. And so they just set a bunch of rats on fire. Right. And it's pretty awful to watch. Like, And it's prolonged, too. Yeah. And the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying... And yeah, because, I mean, like, I remember seeing stuff kind of like... Um, like, with the animals attacking prey. Like, yeah, I grew up watching, like, Nat Geo and shit. Yeah, absolutely. But, 
I don't know, maybe, they, maybe there's something about just, like, knowing those animals, like, the, the pigs and stuff, they're, like, they're confined, and they don't have anywhere to go, whereas, like, when it's, like, out in the wild, it's, like, well, you know, what happens, happens, whereas this, it's, like, it's very deliberately set up, and yeah, it's, not it's like the a, squealing pig, I was, like, oh. It's not, like, the hyenas that bring it down are its natural predator. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, not in this context. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's just, like, oh, this point, you know, these animals probably, probably already had a shitty life, yeah. and now they get to be, like, confined and... Attacked, yeah, yeah, attacked and torn limbs from limbs. It's like shooting fish in a barrel, basically. Yeah, like... Um, I will say in the pantheon of gross animal abuses that occur in some of these movies, this is pretty light level compared Mm -hmm. to, like, the cannibal movies and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to do a hierarchy of, like, like, awfulness or anything like that, but at the same time, if you've seen a cannibal movie... There's nothing that's going to shock you in this kind of thing. Right. Um, But the reason for that kind of stuff in there and the whole sort of gonzo approach to the whole movie probably stems from the guy who made it. I believe this one was made by Franco Prosperi, who was one of the dudes uh, responsible for the Mondo films. Like, Mm. this is sort of his swan song where he made a genre horror picture, but it has those Mondo elements, like, you know, the big animals attacking things. And those Mondo films are notorious for using real abuses and real awful stuff just to shock the audience. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think in particular there's that one. I I don't think this guy was involved in that, but he very well could have. I can't remember. But Africa Adio, where half the runtime is just brutal poaching footage. And it's it's not good. It's not worth watching because of that stuff. But it's like, it was of the time, it's like, let's really shock their senses, and this is a way that they could get away with it at the time, because maybe animal abuse laws were a lot lax, Mm -hmm. a lot more lax than they are now. So, I think that kind of explains, I don't say that necessarily excuses, but it explains what's going on here. Mm -hmm. But I think it definitely explains the use of all the animals in the uh, attack sequences. Mm -hmm. and. With the circus animals, like, there's, again, there's a lot to unpack there, and perhaps if we do, like, a circus episode, we could talk about that a little more, but um, there's a reason that there's all these laws going up, and that you see that less and less, like, lion tamers and elephants just paraded around in the circus Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but you can tell they at least didn't want the same fate to befall these animals, because, like, when the polar bear crashes through the dance studio mirror, it's clearly a puppet. Right. bopping through the mirror or yeah. when the tiger headbutts the windows in the subway it's clearly a puppet kind of thing mm-hmm. and so you get these outrageous animal scenes and they're actually a lot of fun in the context <laughs> of this movie yes they are um and one other thing i wanted to mention about it before we switch gears is what is with the run of Italian movies of the time where a blind dude gets mauled to death by his guide dog? Right. Because that happens in this, it happens in the Beyond, it happens in Suspiria. It happens in a bunch of them. There's mm-hmm. just like a blind person with their dog, and they're just like, what's going on? What's happening? And the dog just loses it and mauls them. Looks like a case of blind trust gone wrong. Thank you, David Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was putting on my sunglasses at that point. And uh, the who, Roger Dalton, yeah. just walked in and just yelled, yeah! yeah, right into your ear. Yeah. But apparently the way I do it, it sounds like he's going through puberty. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Wild Beasts. It was put out by Severin Films, and I had never even heard of this movie until they were releasing it. Thank you, Severin. And I was a little on the fence because it was just like, it's like animal attack movie from Italy. Oh, God. 
Oh god, mm. this could go really bad on me, but I, I decided to bite the bullet, and I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. This movie is just a lot of fun, with a lot of spectacle to it, and um, it is one of those things where I don't think it's, like a lot of these movies we cover, it's not necessarily the most ethical movie, mm-hmm. but it exists, and it it's there in the cult film pantheon, I think it's an underseen one for sure, as far as these cult movies go, so uh, I highly recommend it if you've got stomach for it. Yeah. And like I say, like, I I think I oversold it to you, and I'm overselling it now about how difficult it is to watch, but kind of by design. So when you see it, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I I really like this one. Um, You seem to enjoy it, despite the weird-ass ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I I was out loud, like, what the fuck, several times, but... Yeah, no, it's, it, it's fun. In a fun way. I feel like that's happened a lot over the last couple weeks, because we just watched one that, I, I won't tell you the name of it, because it'll be next week's yeah. episode, but we just watched one that, I think <laughs> we were both going, what the Christ am I looking at? Because I had seen it once, and I remember literally one detail from right. it. And so seeing it again, it just kind of broke my brain a little in the nicest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a lot of that this week. Yes. And there's been a lot of that with the next movie we watched. Uh, what, yeah. what did we watch? We watched Roar from 1981. Oh, my God. Roar. 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 I love this movie. Yes. And it's one of those things that I think if it wasn't for a very specific detail about it, it would be overly long and kind yes. of dull. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, we get it kind of thing. Yeah. But... What's the plot before we get into the, what this one detail is? <laughs> the plot is that um, I'm, there's a guy in in Africa who is... And this is a, like a white guy. He's like a professor yeah. or some shit. Living in a house in Africa. I can't remember where, if they even specify. I know they said they filmed in Kenya and somewhere. Right. It was but, probably supposed to be sent... Because like, most of the cast, including the sporting characters, their names were their actual names yeah. kind of thing. So I feel like they really didn't stretch the uh, yeah. imagination on the setting. So it was probably just straight up set where they shot it. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, like going from like, the last movie we talked about, like, oh, yes, it's set in Frankfurt, Germany to this yeah. one. It's set in Africa. Yeah. The country, Africa. The, the country of Africa. The city of Africa. <laughs> yes. Africa City, the capital of the country, Africa. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. No ignorance. Yeah, it definitely yeah. kind of. I'll say this one's not. It it doesn't have a, a cynical take on no, that kind of no. stuff, but there there is dick. that usual kind yeah. of like uh, uh, presented Africa. for a white Western audience. Yes. Therefore, we don't have it doesn't speci- it doesn't, doesn't speci- matter. The specifics don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out it's, in the bush, and that's where the ignorance kind of totally. Comes in. So he's he's out in Africa, um, living in this house with all these exotic cats that he's studying and working with and whatever. And the locals think he's crazy because these cats, because big cats, are talking like a bajillion tigers and lions, panthers, panther, leopards, yeah, all all of the above. Yeah. And yeah, so you have like the locals who are like, "This guy's fucking crazy. Like those things will kill you." He's like, "No, no, no. They're so nice." Yeah. And so and he, they even make a point about how it's like you're crazy for importing these cats. Like it, right. it does. It does keep its mind in reality. It's not like I just walked through Africa City and yeah. there's a tiger, there's a panther. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I convinced the gang that had this to let me buy him and live yeah. on my property. Yeah. And so his family is coming from the states to see him. I think there was some marital conflict between him and his wife, and so they had a few months apart to make the you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yep. 
Oh, a few years. It had been three years, they said. Oh, I thought they said it was like six months. Oh, it's oh been a shit. Long time. Okay, yeah, it's been a really fucking long time. Yeah. Okay, and so you have these these Yanks who are going to the middle of Africa to see their yep. dad and And he doesn't show up at the airport. No, he doesn't. And so they have to like make their own way there. Yeah. And I love how the whole movie's set off by, like, the doofus doesn't set a fucking clock or something. He's running on African time. He's been there for three years. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly... It's got to be, like, Italy time going off what Ex- you're saying. Well, like, yeah. I mean, I, I hear people from all over the world joke about that. We're like, oh, we're running on Indian time. We're running on Italian time. We're running on, like, Greek time. Like, all, all these. So... I'm we're like, running on German time, so get it together. Yeah. Head of schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking about those who, but, yeah. yeah. Like with siestas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's fine. So, anyway, um, yeah, he's, he's doing whatever. So he goes to the airport, like, the fucking next day, and is like, why isn't my family here? They're like, oh, we saw them catch a bus. And so while, while he's trying to figure out how to, like, get back to his family because his, like, bike was still... I don't even fucking remember. Shenanigans are ensuing. There's so many shenanigans. So many shenanigans. And the family, meanwhile, has showed up at the home. And then all these, these just tigers and lions start pouring in. And they're like, we're gonna die. Oh, yeah, they're taking a boat. And then the boat crashes. Yeah, so then they right. swipe some bikes. And yes. Then, and then they, uh... And I the, love how they're, like, two boat... Like, yeah, there's a boat crash because the tigers are on the boat. And then yeah. there's, like, just... just Riding oh, the bicycles wow. with the tires in tow, and then yeah. the dude's car and crashing it. <laughs> yeah. So trying to get, because he's like, oh no, my family must be home. And then, the, and then the family is like, oh no, there's all these cats, and dad's not here, so dad must be dead. Yeah. And we have to, like, Scooby-Doo around hiding in, like, lockers and barrels and shit. And then there is a long, Scooby-Dooing around is, like, the best way to describe <laughs> it. Because there is a long run in the movie that's just them hiding in, in place after place in the house, running from room to And, like, room. shitty makeshift little things. And, and it's, like, a good... It is the core action of the movie. Yes. Where the B-plot almost feels like it's uh, the dad trying to come back mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then there's the C-plot of the poachers want to go and just kill all yes. these cats. That's right. Which leads to one very upsetting scene where it is faked. Yes. Like, because uh, they, they were very... Um, clear about not wanting to harm the cats and all yeah that because because tippy hendren made this movie to say animal rights big yeah. cats rights which is very interesting because yeah. the cats are kind of dicks but. yeah but there are <laughs> scenes where the uh, animals are, are being shot at and yeah. you see them like falling down this uh this hill and mm-hmm. like covered in blood and all that stuff but it's obviously staged yeah but it's still pretty difficult to watch mm-hmm. like it was well done yes it was staging. well made um absolutely yeah. But yeah, so you revealed Tippi Hendren was involved. I did. Which I think is what leads into that little detail that makes this such an engaging watch. And that's that this movie isn't exactly a fiction movie. It's been described as the world's most expensive home video. Yes. Because everything you see with the cats isn't staged. They literally lived in this weird house and the cats had like were just running around. Free reign. And... Basically, the 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 ad, the the trailer that Draft House Films put up when re-releasing this is, uh, no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Over seventy members of the cast and crew were, and then you see a series of shots of everyone getting injured, and then it just and, like, like says their name, and then says like how many stitches they had to have to reattach their face and like yeah. stuff like that, and it was just constant things so you'll see the guy running down the hill and then he's just like trying to get a line out when all of a sudden a bunch of lionesses tackle him <laughs> to the ground and he fucks up his line mid dialogue and that's just in the movies he's just like hey I'm <laughs> <laughs> just nailed because these animals that like they weren't trained 
like performance animals. They were just, I mean, they had names and stuff. So clearly they were like, you know, looked after, domesticated maybe to an extent, but they are not like trained performance animals. They were Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, wild animals. Yep. And that's what makes this movie so engaging because anytime people are running or hiding from animals, you're just like on the edge of your seat going like, how is this going to go wrong? Like, how is this? They are actually in peril. They're actually scared. Like, uh, the, the, the sidekick dude who the, the panther keeps trying to steal his jacket and he's just like, my jacket, that's my jacket. And he's like, doesn't want to fight back against it because it's it's my jacket. And it's just like, okay. I guess you're going to have it. But like that dude is terrified when he's just, you know, like faced with all these tigers and it's just like, And can you blame him? (laughs) And so there's this air of authenticity to it in this really, like, misguided, <laughs> like, like this was a galaxy-brained movie, whoever mm-hmm. conceived this. Actually, who conceived it are the people in the movie. The family it's, uh, in the movie. I believe it's Noel Marshall and Tippi Hendren, who were married, and their kids. Melanie Griffith is there, <laughs> and she had to get, like, several stitches in reconstructive surgery because of all the injuries that befell her. But big cat rights, guys. Big cat rights. Um... I will say the story of the movie kind of shows, does lead to that, where they manage to find the extra house, the, the hidden house that's fenced in, and they go to finally sleep after being so exhausted. Right. And then the big cats manage to just sneak in anyway, and when they wake up, they realize all the cats wanted to do was hang out, and then there's this nice them. montage of them, like, being buddies with all the cats. Yeah. And it's wholesome as heck. Like, this movie yes. is somehow so wholesome as heck, while yes. at the same time just being, like, Terrifying. so... Terrifying. So bonkers. <laughs> Like, the fact that this didn't break worse than it did mm. is nuts to me. Yeah. Like, it's... I'll say. Oh, this movie is a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this one was a... This one's a wild fucking ride. And like you said, not going in with that detail, it would be like, why am I watching... This is this is weird. Like... It feels like it should be a short movie at best. Yeah. With that, because there's so many prolonged scenes of the yes. cats just walking around and, like, terrorizing the people in the house, and it's just, like, the same thing repeated over and over. But it doesn't feel boring when no, you're sitting you're there like, like, oh my god, oh my this god, isn't staged. The stakes like, have not gone away. No. <laughs> I mean, it's staged to the extent that there's a camera crew around and like they and set it script, up. And there's a there's a story yes. and all that stuff. But it's not staged to the extent that like the animals are being like, they're not trained. They're not yeah. being cued to do things and stuff. They're they just... even credit as such where it's like, because the animals really led the show here, they should get writing and directing credits too. Yes. Because they just set up the camera. It's like, what is this cat doing? Uh oh, something bad might happen here. Well, let's just film it. See what happens. <laughs> so it's like the Disney version of when animals attack, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's wild. There you go. It's out by Draft House Films, and uh, oh my it's beautiful. goodness, I love this movie. It's poetry, it's art. This is one of those ones. Draft House Films is actually good for that. This is one of those ones where I just send the trailer to people and <laughs> be like, "Please, where can I watch this?" And I do the same with Miami Connection, mm-hmm. which is also out by Draft House. So mm-hmm. they've got a. A good a run going. for trailers. Yeah. For storytelling. And for picking those movies that just grab you. I mean, they yes. put out that Miss 45. Oh, yeah, have. yeah, We have the big poster from Draft House right. Films for it. Yeah, we so, do. Yeah. Roar and Wild Beasts are two... How did this get made? Like, it's kind of inexplicable that these movies exist. Yep. And they both feature big cats and scenes that just feel Man more pages. dangerous than, than they should have been. <laughs> like, I feel like these movies would never get made today. Oh, fuck kind no. Kind of thing. If they did, it'd be all CG. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, in the way that they were made. Yes. They would never get made today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were the movies that we watched for this week, and uh, we were trying to figure out what to do. I I heard about this movie that 
apparently it has some really tense scenes. And I heard about a Twitter actually around the time we were playing this episode mm-hmm. called Burning Bright. And it sounded pretty cool. And so I went and ordered a copy because the DVD was very cheap. Ordered along with Ghost in the Darkness, which is also a cheapo DVD, because I figured these would be two good ones that we could sort of watch and get into. But with the way things are going with coronavirus, um, they've yet to arrive. Yeah. I mean, actually, they finally shipped this morning. Oh, hey! Um, But it's one of those things where... You know, like, they're not considered essential goods yeah. and all that. So they, they get to them when they get to them. Yeah. If they um, get to them. Yeah, exactly. So we figured, okay, well, that's that. But then there was a little cultural phenomenon going on at the same time as this. And it's not something I would have thought we would have covered. No. Ostensibly, <laughs> because uh, we've been kind of outspoken about our issues with true crime. Yeah. true crime documentaries and stuff like that. And like, like the sort of, I don't know, it's a little bit of a ghoulish rubbernecking for like, let's mm-hmm. take other people's misery and laugh oh, at it. And I think yeah. this one in particular is very egregious for that. Yeah. But it yes. also, what made, sold me on it is how much people were talking about it as a weird look at queer culture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realize now that that was being very facetious, but... <laughs> Most talking about this show... I would say is facetious. That's true. Everything yeah. I say about it is very facetious. But we watched Netflix miniseries Tiger King. Yeah, we did. Because of fucking course we did. Yeah. And yeah, we blasted the whole thing in under 24 hours. If you want to talk about inexplicable. Yeah. This is a... We're wondering, like, how did this get made for Wild Beasts and Roar? This is more of a how is this real life yes. kind of thing. And that, I think, is the appeal of it. I mean, I think it would appeal to people regardless because what the fuck, mm-hmm. this cast of characters... How are they real? Like, we watched yeah. it, um, I think, right around April Fool's Day, and we're, we were saying, like, okay, we're expecting, almost half expecting on April 2nd for, like, the Cohen brothers to, like, yeah. make up an announcement that was, like, this is actually a very prolonged April Fool's joke. This, we made this. This honestly felt like if the Cohen brothers remade Roar on a <laughs> script by John Waters. Yes. Like, that's, that is the only way I can really yes. imagine Tiger King in my mind. And so I think it's, and with that being said, I think the reason it's resonating so much right now, like, I think, you know, Joe Exotic would be a meme regardless kind of thing, but just because of the state of the world right now, this Tiger King is the only thing we have that is stranger than everyday reality. I think that's, yeah. And... So with that in mind, it's this really great chance to kind of just suspend yeah. preoccupations with coronavirus and the economy collapsing mm-hmm. and what comes after the collapse of capitalism and mm-hmm. all this stuff and just see this like Oklahoma, Florida man. Yeah. And w- wow, just like it's, it's escapism. Yeah. I, I feel like that is giving cost? a bit too much credit because yes. there are a lot of people that are like it. it I, I don't think everyone is doing this facetiously. I think True. there are a lot of people that have kind of like drank the Kool Aid, so to speak. Yeah. Which is actually a pretty good metaphor given how cultish this fucking oh. these people come off yeah. as. Yeah. Um, I have so many. Okay, I enjoyed watching this. Mm-hmm. I was agog the whole yeah, fucking time. Yeah, it was like time. riveting. Like, it seriously felt like. Every five minutes, a left turn. Yes. Uh, not just a left turn, a fucking U-turn would be delivered, where it's just like, we're going, we're going, a detail, the tiny detail is just like, oh, and this happened. Oh, by and the it's just way. Like, that changes everything. And then you're going, you're going, and then five minutes later, oh, and this happened. Uh, okay, we changed direction again. So it's just like, 
by the end of it, you're looking at one of those, like, maps of Richard Scarry's kind of world of the worm people and cars yes. and all that stuff, like that inexplicable kind yes, of whatever. Yes, and it's just, like, on. where is Waldo type. Yeah. That said, I have so many problems with both this program, with the events depicted in the program, mm-hmm. with the treatment of the animals, yes, and with the reactions that people have had mm-hmm. to it. Like, there is a lot that I think is fucked up around this world of Tiger King in a way that I've seen both very well articulated and in stuff that I think gets glossed over. Um, So I guess we can try and unpack Tiger King. First off, almost everyone in this fucking program is a piece of shit Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes, for various uh, reasons. And I don't think the the show is essentially saying that they're not necessarily, but it definitely has a narrative and it definitely tries to present a side. Like, it... It'll probably try and say, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Matrix like, we're trying to be objective, we're just, Neutral. We're, we're just trying to present a thing. And it's like, no, there's a very guided, you should side with these people, yeah. over these people kind of thing, when I think kind of everyone sucks here. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like, there's so much whimsy tied into Joe Exotic's character, yeah. that these details of really gross, abusive behavior come out, and they're just kind of treated almost as footnotes, or it's like, oh yeah, we get a little run on that, and then we're just moving on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like, Carol Baskin yeah. gets an entire episode that, like, you know, all the slow-mo shots of her riding her bike with sinister music kind of yeah. thing. It's like, no, you're being neutral, you're not painting a picture. No. And I'm not trying to be apologist. I think it's real shitty that she's doing a lot of the same stuff the other people are doing. Yeah. And under the auspices of like I'm rescuing complex over it. I will say, um the fact that she does seem to try and stop breeding and all stuff is is a good point for like conservation. Like there's that one guy who's just like, Why would you do that? If conservationists make more numbers, you should just breed them. And it's like, but you're breeding them for entertainment and pets for people and like bring them out of their natural habitat. This isn't this isn't conservation. Kind of thing. So at least she's trying to stem the abuses. But she's doing it in this really fucked up shitty way. Yeah, she's doing this in this for profit, running off of a hundred percent volunteer labor of people. She doesn't even like take the time to learn their names or anything. Like well, she's a fucking multimillionaire. Yeah. Yeah, like... It, so, it, yeah. so I'm not I'm not trying to say, like, she's... She's innocent. innocent she's... But, but there still is a bit of a smear campaign going Absolutely. on in this uh, show. And the way the internet has latched onto it is so tied up in rampant misogyny. Totally. That we always see, like, you know, the rallying cry of that bitch Carol Baskin. Yeah. It's such... It's not even coded language. It's no. just misogynistic, like, rhetoric around this person. And it's like... What it made me think of, interestingly enough, is the fallout to Caitlyn Jenner kind of mm. thing, where Caitlyn Jenner sucks out loud. Yeah. I will gladly say that kind of thing. Personally. But people would then use that as an excuse, like, oh, it's okay to misgender her. Right. Because we don't like her. Yeah. And it's just like, no, you're nope. just being transphobic and shitty, and you think it's okay because the person isn't good enough to be Warrant worthy these, like, of you giving them decency. Yeah. Like, you are still engaging in transphobia. And if you're being misogynistic, transphobic, racist, any of those things, because you don't like the person, yeah. you're still, yeah, it doesn't, you're yeah. still being It doesn't matter if shit. you don't think they deserve it. It's like, it's... Yeah. Like, yeah. like with uh, Caitlyn Jenner, like, get on them for being, like, such a misguided piece of shit who killed someone in a fucking car wreck, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. All this stuff we're saying is allegedly, so we can mm-hmm. stem lawsuits. This is just what we've heard. This is just opinion. We're not mm-hmm. stating off of evidence that mm-hmm. we don't have. Mm-hmm. But, 
Allegedly. <laughs> um, but, you know, to therefore be like, ha, 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 let's uh, dead name her and, like, yeah. call her the wrong call pronouns her he because that's okay all of a sudden. Because we don't it's like not. her. No, it's and not. I see the exact same thing going on with uh, the Carol Baskin thing. It's like, um, and there's so much of that tied in with uh, Joe Exotic's vendetta against yeah. her where it reminded me of, like, cis, white, gay misogyny where it's like oh i'm gay so it's okay but he's constantly calling her a bitch he has like a blow-up doll with her face on it and he's like yeah, he's putting, like sexually menacing like putting guns in the mouth um, putting dildos in the mouth yeah like that's like, just that kind of fucked stuff. up but it's and it's fine. just like we allow it because yeah. we don't like her like the show yeah. does it portrays it as his weird quirk. it's just it's so quirky and funny look at this look at this crazy guy yeah and uh and like, i really did not like that about this because no. I felt like you're you're really you're just kind of showing like how it may be problematic, f- and then glossing over that just to like vilify who you think the villain of the story is mm-hmm. rather than presenting it. So yeah, it it's one of those things where I think this would be such a great slice of life as a fiction piece, yeah. but it's there's real world implications here there and are. people are just latching onto yes. it, and that really. I find gross. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I find gross is the weird sex cult. Like, Oh my the, God. Like even without the misogynist angle of the, the hype around the show yeah. within the show, like we see these depictions of people that are just fucking gross. Yeah. Doc Antle needs to be in jail. Like he's straight up when he's talking about like his, his Shangri-La, he straight up is, is like, he's bragging about grooming teenagers. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Like, notice how they don't specify how old they were. It's like oh, it's like teens. they came as teens, and then sometime, some unspecified time later, I started banging them, kind yeah. of thing. And then it's just like, oh yes, I met her as a young woman, and then it's just like it's left blank. And then I renamed her and have her slaving away for like hundred dollars a week, implants. and yeah, like ew, go to yeah, jail. It's, it's so gross, and. uh he even calls attention to it. It's like, why does everyone think you got to be in a sex cult to be a Tiger King or whatever kind of thing? And it's just like, uh, look in a fucking mirror, dude. That's why. Mm. And uh, same thing goes on with Joe Exotic. Like, I think the film takes more issue with Doc Antle, whereas Joe Exotic's doing a different version of the same thing. Well, yeah, he's by a 19 year old boy. All these, these, these men who they all say they're not even gay, kind yeah. of thing. He just, like, grooms them into being his partner through yeah. drug addiction. Yeah, drug addiction and just buying them shit that they like, they want. Yeah, like and, really desperate, uh, coercive. And it's one of those things where there's the, the tragedy of his husband killing himself almost on camera kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, on accident. And it's, um, he's kind of, his, his, uh, his involvement in that, it's, it's more he's just left like, oh, I'm the... I'm the I'm the scorn. Like I, I don't doubt his grief on that, but yeah. it's also like there's no culpability. No, thing. and the whole thing's like a fucking game. Yeah, to him, and yeah. it's really gross. And then there's also the constant misgendering of Saf. Ugh, yeah. Saf has gone on record to say he prefers he pronouns. That's what's correct. Yes. And I think the only time they do that is in the nine one one call kind of thing mm. they say like a tiger bit his arm off or something uh. like that um every other time they just use she and her constantly and they talk about her as a woman kind of yeah. thing and um well i believe he said 
he wasn't a trans man, it was more ambiguous than that. Yeah, so, that's fine. And you know, like, the non-binarism exists. Yeah, he, him, lesbians you, exist. You like, don't have to specify no. what your gender is. Fuck no. But they, the, uh, he does specify the pronouns. Yeah. And they just constantly shit on him. And there's this weird kind of, uh, I don't know, there's this queer, like, anti-queerness baked into the queerness that really kind of bugged me Go about on. this. Like, um, the queerness was part of the spectacle yes. kind of thing, in a way. And I felt like I really loved seeing the open pride there. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the stalwart of the queerness, like the head of the queerness, was this really abusive yeah. person. And it was more just like, this is just how I am. And it was almost like the abuses were baked into the identity. Mm. And I thought that that was like, I'm not saying that you can't present this person because yeah. I mean, this is real life we're talking here, right? But at the same time, everyone around them seemed to just kind of look at it as like, yep, that's just how it is. And there's these little derogatory things like yeah. calling them the Tiger Queen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just these little these little barbs that are kind of like a coded language. Yeah, and very like loaded. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't know, I it didn't quite sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of those things that it was riveting to watch yes. and all that, but it's just as problematic as, like, for different reasons, say, watching those Mondo I films. The Mondo is, movie, yeah, you know? this like, is modern Mondo. Yeah, it, it is. It, yeah. I, I think True Crime is contemporary Mondo. It's yes. 100% correct. Shit. And um, it's just that, you know, we have the air of respectability. It's on a major network kind of thing, or it's... Um, Oh, we, it's we, a documentary. It's 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 objective. Yeah, and then there's the animal abuse of stuff. Like, yeah. these people all talk about how much they love big cats, and it's like, no, they love how big cats make them feel. That's they make a, them give make them money. Yeah, they make them money. They make them feel good. Like even Carol Baskin, if she's like a a, a a total cat lady kind of thing. Yeah, like they show the tapes that started where it's like, yeah, I'll breed them. I'll do all this kind of yeah. stuff because I just love about it. And you can learn. She mm-hmm. seemed to have learned that part of the thing and like gone forward. Whereas. Um, Joe Exotic went the other way, where he was like, you shouldn't breed these things, you shouldn't do that, because it's cool. And then, like, we see how he actually is now. And they can't say that it's not happening or anything like that, because people admit to it openly on camera. There's footage of them delivering tiger cubs. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I think, uh, as someone who very much believes in animal rights. I'm one of those animal rights people that Joe Exotic always rails against. <laughs> you're not with PETA, you're fine. No, I'm not. Um, but I mean, like, the idea of it yeah. is, um, I think, very important. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things where, I don't know, it, it just in so many ways doesn't quite sit right Yeah. with me. And uh, I found the footage of the big cats in the back of my mind. There was always that sort of like, this is abusive, Mm -hmm. just kind of in there. And I don't know, it's, um, it it makes it very hollow when they say how much they care about these animals. How much they love them. Just makes it so hollow. Yeah. Like, I mean, some people are so egregious with it. Like, that fucking guy who would, like, load the cubs into the suitcase and bring them up to his oh, Vegas hotel just yeah. to get more pussy. As yeah. he says, a little pussy gets you a lot of pussy. Yeah. And it's just like, please stop for Walk into traffic. Yeah. Jump off the Hoover Dam. I don't give a shit. But anyway, that was my long-winded rant about Tiger King. Where are you at with Tiger King? Uh, yeah. I am kind of sticking with the spectacle without going too much deeper. 
But I agree with what you said. I mean, I think the spectacle is very important. What about it did you... I think just the... Like I said, that it's the, it's the it's the only thing that's stranger than everyday reality right now. Yeah, no kidding. And so with that, it it's I'm maybe more open to the escapism with less criticism in the forefront. Right. Because holy shit, look outside! Like, well, what did you think about these cast of characters? Like, they felt like they were straight out of Mortville, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. so I I definitely appreciated that part. Like. It, it, I, I still don't, I still f- find it hard to fathom how any of these people are real. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> like, wow. That being said, I'm glad that they are allegedly all like under investigation for right. the animal stuff. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Just that it's like, wow, is this real life? Yeah. And when I, um, seemingly let, uh, Carol Baskin a little off the hook compared to what maybe mm-hmm. the internet has against her. That's not taking into account the murder allegations. <laughs> well, someone pointed out that they're like, yeah, so what if she offed her probably abusive husband who was like 40 and picked her up when she was like 19? Yep. It's like, okay, f- fair. Like that meeting story. It's like their weird meet cute. was just yeah. like the, the most... Ooh. Oh, he's like, yeah, you can hold a gun on me. I just want... Like, he pulls up with a fucking loaded gun and he's like, pointed at me. Yeah. I just want you to, to do emotional labor with me. And it's like, <laughs> this is... Ooh. And they play it like, and that's how we met. Ha ha ha. Ha ha, so cute. And then like, you know, like, um, her diaries did seem to indicate abuse and all that stuff. Right, at least, at least being a weird, like, sex pest. Meanwhile, it, it felt like it was maybe a, a double-edged sword because he yeah. put out all those... Um, Restraining orders? Was it him? Yeah, and claimed that she had threatened to, like, kill him and stuff. So, like, who the fuck knows? I don't know. It seems like a crass situation. Yes. Even if uh, there was no foul play at all and he's living it up wherever the fuck. It's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to it. Well, people pointed out that, like, the way they're they're very sketchy, like, the lawyer's like, oh, I'm not going to go into that and stuff. It's like, he probably had involved, like, especially with all the money, where did this come from? Probably drugs. Probably drug Mm. trafficking or trading or... Something. Well, that... yeah, it was in this show that they talked about how they'd stuff like a dr- a snake with drugs, and it's like we don't care if the snake died. We just wanted to like, because you would only get like a small fine for, for smuggling po- a snake. No, yeah, an exotic snake versus like pounds of cocaine. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. Was so wild when they just straight up talk to the drug dealer who's like, yeah, I was there when they cut his head off, and you know, like. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Real life Scarface guy. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah, like this. These movie fucking people, places. man. Yeah. Like. Wow. I just find it so bizarre, the common thread of big cats. Yes. Where it's like, what is, is it like, you know how they say that cats give you brain parasites? <laughs> are the brain parasites of big cats, are they like... Bigger? Like, yeah. Do they just take over your whole brain? <laughs> <laughs> they just become your brain. Probably. God. It's like the fucking parasite thing from that movie, The Hidden. It just takes you over and turns you into like the weirdest John Waters-esque But not character. the good way. Yeah. A John Waters character in his early films, if they were actually real. Yes. Yeah. So what were you into this week? Like, what worked for you with the stuff we watched? Roar, definitely. Yeah. Loved Roar. I appreciated Tiger King more than I should have, specifically because of this cultural moment. I slagged on it so much, yeah. but I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy watching yeah, it. Yeah, like, riveted the entire time. Absolutely. Like, I was... Yeah. We, we, we were both just, like, sitting there, we like, jaws... Dro- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like... 
it, it was that for us. It, yeah. it filled a void for sure. Yeah. So, so like uh, I slagged on, I think it's one of those things that a lot of that problematic stuff I kind of unpacked after the yeah, fact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't glued to the screen. Exactly. When I it. So it was effective and it did its job in that yes. regard. hundred percent. It's yes. just that as soon as you start to pull the threads, that's uh-huh. where it's just like, hold the fuck on. Yeah. Unravel. So you're like, Ooh, yikes. Yeah. There were a lot of cringe moments throughout too. Just mm-hmm. like, um, I say that like the problematic stuff came, uh, later, not all the problematic no. stuff, like the sex cult stuff. Like as Ugh. soon as they present it, it's like, this we're, is disgusting. Yeah. We we're like, Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Gross. Jail. Yeah. Gulag. Something. And I guess, um, my other question is how ethical do you think what we watched this week really is? Because Ugh. it's all using real live big cats Yeah. for entertainment. Um, if we had to rate them, I'd say probably... I don't know about Wild Beast versus Tiger King. Yeah. I don't know how to, how to do the ethics hierarchy of circus versus, like, breeding and yeah. parading around. Might as well be a circus. Just not yeah. traveling. It's local. Or it's stationed to a specific place. Um, I'd say Roar is probably the most ethical. I know they got... They proudly displayed their... their, their clean rating from whatever animal rights board or whatever. Apparently that is a little suspect. Oh, no doubt. Those always are. Because tragically, uh, Flash Flood did rip through the compound and killed many of the Mm. cats after production. I mean, it wasn't to do with the production itself, but the cats were kept in this compound kind of thing. And that's Oh, that sucks. Meep. Um, I mean, I think the cats are kept on the compound regardless of the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just the movie was made as a reaction to this, as opposed to, let's haul all these cats in so we can make a movie. Right. Um, It was more just like a tragic event that occurred, but it it wasn't like 100% rode into the sunset smiling, happy kind of thing. Bummer. Yeah. Man. (laughs) Yeah. I, I no happy endings. I, I didn't want to to bring you down, but at the same time, I don't want to give out a thing where we're just like blinders on. So ethical, thing, you know? yeah. Because that movie was made over like a like decade a, yeah. or something like that. So uh, I'm sure many of the animals probably died of like old age, of illness sure. over the course of it, like a natural yeah. whatever. So the movie making itself was probably the the best yeah. of the bunch. Yeah. Um, but. I think that there is uh, something to be said about this spectacle mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think uh, what maybe gets me a little more about Tiger King is it's, on one hand, it's a documentary. So it's not like the filmmaker went out and was just like, hell yeah, round these cats up and abuse them so yeah. I can film them. Like, it, it it has that distancing there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's depicting stuff that's happening in 2020 when it's like, why don't we know better yet? Like, mm. why, why aren't we doing better yet? And I think maybe that's, we are in a lot of regards, and that's where the criticism comes from. Maybe. Whereas, um, you know, like, we're talking about some, like, 80s movies, and, like, yeah. Roar was made through the 70s kind of thing. Right. Where uh, this stuff was a little more par for the course. I don't think that excuses it, but it explains mm-hmm. it for sure. Right. But it's a tough one, because, I mean, I have a, that's my issue with zoos. Like, I know a lot of zoos do real conservation work. And function as sanctuaries. And I think that that's so great but like you know like example here in Edmonton the big controversy over Lucy the elephant that's been going Mm -hmm. on for years and years and years and how cruel it is to keep this elephant confined in such a way yeah and it's like I love these kind of animals I love being able to go and look at them but 
it doesn't feel so good no. <laughs> at the same time. But the thing that always got me with Lucy is, yeah, girl, like I was in grade school when people, when this was going on. That's still going on today. Yeah. But I mean, when it was like really sort of in the like public, like, oh, okay. you know, they're talking about it on the news and stuff right. kind of thing. Was that they say, oh, we need to, tr- we need to transfer her to the sanctuary, but supposedly, the, I mean, the, the likelihood of the trip to the sanctuary killing her yeah. was, like, astronomically high. It's one of those things where it's just, like, I don't know that I can propose a better solution to what's going yeah. on now, but the fact that this situation came up yes. is the problem. Absolutely. Kind of I mean, like, our claim to fame living in Edmonton, our giant fucking mall, yeah. West Edmonton Mall, they used to have the dolphin shows yeah. in the mall. Like, and they just had dolphins in the mall, and people got so mad until they got rid of the dolphins. And they're like, yeah, it's like, great, bring in the sea lions. Nobody and gives a no shit. I fucking, fucking love sea lions. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, okay, they're not dolphins, which have this image that we love, where it's yeah. like, we killed them in two minutes too long, they're smart, they're not cuddly yeah. and cute. They're just sea lions, so whatever. Yeah, no, I, um, actually, growing up, I, there was one summer where I... At our, at our local zoo, I, I did, like, a day camp with my sister for, like, a week. And we... That's where I, I learned... That's, where, like, where I saw sea lions for the first time. And I was like, I love these animals. Yeah. But we, we made we made popsicles for Lucy the elephant. Aww. And we got to see her eat them. I was about to say, out of meat? It's like, nope, not a meat. tiger, an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> a meat popsicle. No, it was, it, it, was ba- it was a bunch of fruit, and then we, like, put it in a bucket, and then, like, with, like, fruit juice and froze it, and then, like, gave it to her, and... Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to see. Yeah. But, but yeah, they also there were the, the sea lions. There were three of them. Yeah. Nauticus was the baby, and then there were Inga, maybe? I don't know. There were three. Anyway, I was just like, oh, my God, I love them. Yeah. But that's, that's also even a thing. I remember being in, um, like, my family went to Mexico once, and we we did the whole, like, I, with, like, Shellha or whatever, did the, like, swim with the dolphins. Right. And, and so in the same day, like, because you can do it with the sea lions, too. Sea lions are, like way cheaper we were the only ones there yeah. versus like the dolphins like everybody was with the dolphins so, yeah absolutely yeah it was just like but sea lions they they're so lovely yeah but it's all about image and like what well, that like I, I talk about how much i love the uh the big cats and all mm-hmm. that and like worry about them but then you see these zoos and uh they, they have more than big cats it's totally. just they're the, the poster child yeah, that we like really it, cling to exactly like, yeah it's it, this whole idea of like and i keep using this term and i got it from uh like professor who works in like critical animal studies and stuff but like this idea of like charismatic animals yeah absolutely even though it's like well yeah like those those rats they set on fire like those those animals feel pain and yeah. have like families and all this stuff but they're yeah. not they're not charismatic they're like pests yeah so, so. like I, I imagine that the reaction to the movie a lot of the uproar was more over like were the big cats okay mm-hmm. like i even said as a caveat it's like at least the big cats were okay right. kind of thing but yeah. it's like these other animals weren't and mm-hmm. that is a problem yeah uh, yeah, my bleeding heart. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, I will never not love watching these movies, mm-hmm. even though you kind of have to check the ethics at the door sometimes. A little bit, yeah. Because uh, they are a lot of fun. Suspend ethical belief. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I suppose that's enough of that for this week. Yeah. But we do have some recommendations. What do you got for us? <laughs> I have one that we have covered before, talking about big cats. Mm-hmm. 1992's Sleepwalkers. Nice, nice. This one is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured it was all along, I mean, yeah, along the lines of like, you want some weird incest? You want some kitties with boobies? You want like all this crazy fucking bullshit? And also our buddy Clovis. 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 So yeah, it's it's um, it's up there. It's a good choice. It's Thank good you. Choice. 
my recommendation, I've been flip-flopping on it constantly, including through this episode, but I think I have to, after talking about stuff, I have to recommend the remake of Cat People. Mm. Don't remember the year. Like, 80s, <laughs> I think. That's fine. Um, it's buck wild. We're definitely going to cover it in the future. <laughs> we, have, we have a plan. Yes. Um, It'll happen. But I love this movie, and uh, yeah, I love the original, too. The original's great. Uh, but the remake is one of those ones that I remember seeing a bit of it on TV and being like, what is this movie? And then I think my dad was like, oh, it's Cat People, it sucks. I'm like, oh, and I didn't watch it. Uh, and then I finally saw it. I can't remember if anybody said it sucks. Someone I said it sucked. But I finally watched it and trusted. I was just like, how dare like, you? You suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so Cat People. Which also fits well with Sleepwalkers. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Cat People, all right. Cool, cool. So that'll do it for us this week. Um, hope everyone's taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Stay safe. Yeah. It's, Stay uh, healthy. It's only so much you can do, but it's nice to see some people are really sticking to it. It's mm-hmm. really a bummer to see the people that are just like, we're starting to see the rollout. And I do not mean this to gloat. I do not mean this in a told you so way, yeah. but just as a warning kind of yeah. thing. Uh, but we're starting to see the rollout of obituaries from people that were very vocal about it's no big deal. It's just all hype. Like, I read a couple this morning from mm-hmm. people that it's like, oh, it's up, hype, it's overblown, and then they died. Yeah. And, of uh, it. it. It's not overblown. That's the thing. It's really and not. so I really hope that maybe this is a wake-up call more yeah. than anything, where it's just like, look, it's, let's all be overly precautious. If we all come out of this feeling overly paranoid at the end, that's a good case scenario. Yeah, we did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that'll be that. That'll be my, uh, our little morning of the of the episode which you know it feels like time has collapsed Mm -hmm. it's very weird how everything's going these days so week to week we don't know what's going to be coming we might be like same on the par like like sort of like same level next episode drops or it might be a whole lot worse i'm very skeptical to think it'll be a whole lot better (laughs) we're still in the early days of this despite what a lot of people want us to believe Mm -hmm. and yeah We'll just have to take it as it comes, right? Yep. But until then... We take it easy and keep it sleazy. Mm-hmm.